Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, the keeper of the peace, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross and Randy Jowers. And boys, tonight is episode 20 titled Hoop Dreams. Tonight, we're going to bring on TMG basketball star Case Johnson. But before we bring Case on and talk all things prep school basketball, Randy, my man, you're looking really dark and really tan. How was the weekend, man? Man, it was beautiful in sunny Florida. 38 treated us right. The wedding was beautiful. My wife, I'm going to say this, and hopefully her cousin's not listening, but she stole the show. She was the prettiest lady in the whole wedding besides my other two daughters, but they ain't listening either. But I loved it. We was loving to be in your state. It's funny how I came to your state, and then you came back to mine at the same time. I think you did it on purpose. No, no. I, I will say the picture you posted, you guys look great, man. You look fantastic. I Thank mean, you, brother. Florida, Florida does good things for you, man. Makes you look, look a lot better. So <laughs> anytime you want to come down and, and improve that face of yours, man, come, come hit the sun, hit the beach, and let me know. I'll have to stick around. We're coming back, and at Thanksgiving, I expect some turkey. I'll be there, or I'll be here. Jim, my man. We had a good weekend, so tell me about it. Yeah, so like you said, he was in Florida, but you were here, and so I didn't have to go see you. You came and you didn't come to see me. You came to see your sister, and shout out to her on getting married. But, you know, more so than getting to see Daniel, Randy, I got to see his mom and dad, and they are like a second set of parents to me. So not only did I get to see Daniel, Michelle, and little Bella, but I got to see his parents, hang out with them, Shane, Jeff, just good times with good friends. You know, when you can hang out, when you get caught up in the hours and you look and next thing you know, you've been there like seven hours and you realize like you need to get home to your kids, you know, you're having a good time. So just getting to spend time with DB and the, and the family, um, couldn't ask for more. Yeah, man. I, I, I second that a very quick weekend, but a fun weekend, a chance to catch up with good friends Friday night. Um, stayed out way longer than I think we anticipated, but nonetheless, we had a blast. Uh, Saturday, I uh, got to celebrate my sister's wedding. Uh, her and her girlfriend uh, tied the knot on Tuesday, and then we had a big celebration on uh, Saturday, so that was awesome. And, you know, it's, it's cool to see because I and my sister are both products of Miss Knight's class. Shout so, out. Shout out to Miss Knight. Randy knows how I feel. So just, Hey, three of us in the same club, brother. Hey, man, it's, it's good stuff. But, yeah, man, just an overall good weekend. I will say this, just a little caveat to, you know, before we went live here, we were talking about Luca, and I was on the plane watching the game, and you could tell, like, when – he hit that shot like there was about 25 of the 60 people on that plane that just jumped up and was going crazy. So um, that was pretty cool to witness and be a part of. But, you know, overall, good weekend around the horn. So let's move on. Let's get into this. Gentlemen, without further ado, let's welcome on to the show our guest tonight. 
with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, high-level prep basketball recruit and current TMG basketball stud, Case Johnson. Case, my man, thank you for joining us. How are we doing tonight? Hey, man. We're good, man. It's all about you. It's uh, we're we're just kind of just nice. wanting to fill fill out this and and get some understanding of TMG and talk to you about how you started and your journey, you know. But I guess the best place to start is yeah. at the beginning. Um, so let's let's talk. When did when did you start hooping? Was was it early age or something you kind of fell into later on? It was pretty early. Uh, I. Uh, played in the Y the Y League when I was going in the summer going into fifth grade. So I started getting interest though for basketball in fourth grade, like in PE class. And before that though, I really didn't mess with anything like any sports like that. But yeah, my best friend Brett, he uh got me into basketball and he would play with me in PE and then I ended up getting competitive with it. And then loved it so much and then told my dad and then he got me into the Y League, yeah, going summer going into fifth grade. So that's about – that's when it started. So, like, I, I can appreciate that because you're talking to three dudes that were probably P.E. class hoopers but never really lived the dream further than P.E. class. I mean, maybe Randy was hitting, hitting it up at Singleton Community Center, but I was definitely not – B-League the most- champ, cuz. That's right, baby. Don't forget the BRC either. The BRC, the Bartlett Rec, you know, and, um, you know, that's about as far as I, I could make it. But you, you mentioned your dad. What, what was it like when you came home that first time and you talked to your dad and you're like, hey, dad, like, I, I'm, I'm into this basketball thing. Like, what, what was his reaction to that? Uh, he's excited because uh, I started uh, – when we first noticed because I, I – started shooting outside a little bit just like a little bit and he's like man because I never talked about it before that and then I kind of started talking to him about it. but yeah he's really excited because he's getting worried that I wasn't like at sports or anything so for a while I didn't so yeah yeah I mean we we've talked to several athletes in different areas and it's it's kind of the same story the parent kind of pushes their their kid at a really early age and they kind of fall into it or brother and sister um, are athletes. So they by default become athletes. Um, Do you have any brothers? Do you have any sisters? Are you only child? What's going on in the family? I have, I have two sisters. They're both younger than me. And uh, one's Kendall, one's Delaney. Kendall's in, uh, Nine, she's in ninth grade this year, and Delaney's in fifth grade. Kendall used to be a gymnast. She was a gymnast for several years, and she's pretty good, but uh, she stopped. So, yeah, she was a gymnast. And Delaney's not – we don't know yet. She might pick up sports. She played golf and tennis, but, you know. Golf. So, when she was real little. So, with when it comes to athletic ability, I mean, you're you're at an age now where you can tell like if someone has a, a good skill set. So you tell me. I need you to be honest now. Of your sisters and you, who's the best athlete? Who's got the skills? Like, obviously, you'll have to do some like fu- future forecasting 
um, because you're a little bit older, but who has the best skills? Um, I'm definitely the best athlete for sure, yeah. But Kendall, if she would have kept her gymnastics, I think she would have been really good, but yeah. I think I am for sure. So when, when you, going back to fifth grade, when you see this thing, you're like, man, I got it. Like, I, I want to pursue this. Um, what was it like? What did you see? Were you the best player? Is that how you knew that you wanted to get into this? Or was it like, I got some skills here. This is kind of fun. Um, tell me about that. What, what is it like, the journey aspect from being a fifth grader and developing those skills up until now where you have this opportunity to go out to the West coast and, and, and play some ball. All right. So when I was in, when I was younger and I started, uh, I wasn't, let's see, I wasn't like great or anything when I started for sure, but I just thought it was so fun. I was always a pretty good shooter though. That was always fun. So I love, yeah, threes felt like the best thing ever. You could hit one when you're that little. So, just from there, and then I started just, yeah. For me, I always was like, when I was younger and stuff, I was a great shooter, like I said. And that's kind of what my game was like until, you know, I started getting older. And now, obviously, I can drive the basket and stuff. But, yeah. So, it started out just me loving to shoot. I loved it. I love making it, and that's where the passion started. And then from there, it just kept going, and the passion always gets uh, better every day. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so, so Casey, it was, it's weird because I did play basketball growing up. Um, didn't make it to the level that obviously you're at, but, you know, when we would never go out to, like, three-quarter court and start chucking like Steph Curry and Dame Lillard, so completely different game now. I could never shoot like that, you know. I was top of the key kind of guy. Yeah. So you mentioned playing wild league ball. Did you ever get on an AAU or a traveling team when you were younger, or is that something that you just didn't want to do? What's that looking like? Oh, yeah. So when I was younger, uh, let's see, I pay, played for M33M for how many years? Is it? Like five years. And it was, uh, I played several uh, years of the Y first, and that's, and then when I got to a level where I was, pretty good or so I was able to play for M33M and I'd start out with that and then later uh ninth grade let's see I was on this team called the DC Bucks and they're uh we're down in Mississippi in DeSoto County and uh played for them for one year and then after that uh the next year I went to Hoop City and played for them and uh for a year we were pretty good. I liked it there. And then this summer, since really AAU is tough, just because of all that the stuff that's going on, I was able to play in one tournament, but that's it. But with this uh, team, I don't even remember what we called. We were called because we literally met up one time for that tournament, and it was in Missouri. So we literally played one tournament. But yeah, those are all the AAU teams I played for in the past. Yeah. That's a that's a solid list. So you're out there playing against the. Then they, uh, a bunch of other people like you, just a bunch of hoopers, huh? I got a question, though, since I didn't get to make this level. Yeah. Who's, who's the best player you played against in AAU? Or any? Shoot. 
Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, well, this is an AAU. I, I, you know who y'all know who Kenny Chandler is, who just uh, committed to Tennessee. Are yes, you kidding me? We, yes, we absolutely sir. know who he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 and, uh, I've trained with him several times, and uh, I actually scored on him a couple times. But that's uh, what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, and I got the scrimmage of James Wiseman one time too. And that was pretty cool. Did you dunk on him? <laughs> Randy, yeah. he dropped those names so casually, like you know. He's you know, like, oh, James y'all Bobby, know him, Kenny Chandler, yeah. So, do, do we know? Do we know them? <laughs> the question is, do they know Case? That's what we got to figure. Out. Yeah. They know Case Johnson. Unfortunately, so, we know them a little too well. Yeah. Yeah, you see that big sure. M behind him. Daniel got a little heartburn about it, but it's okay. Moving on, let's talk about it. What's the grind like to prepare for TMG? What's that like? What are you doing to prepare? Um, I'm, you mean like what led to it or what I'm doing right now? Yeah. What's the grind like? How do you, how do you end up at a spot like TMG? Oh, okay. Well, it all started out about a month ago, I'd say when all this came about, all like just us finding out about TMG and all that. So I ended up starting back with my first trainer. I've had several trainers throughout all this like just my career playing basketball and here's the first ever one I started training with him when I was around actually soon after the Y that first or second season something like that and then he left to go to Alabama for something and we so then we're like well he's gone I gotta find a new trainer so we left him because he left and we never knew he came back until probably about a year or so ago so Scotty, that's his name, that's the trainer. He ended up giving my dad a call just to touch base. And then I started training with him again. And then uh, and I've been training with him again, let's see, probably about two months now, something like that. But the past month is when I really started playing, like, well, I'm playing, like, the best I've ever had right now, like, ever. And uh, Scotty calls up my dad and's like, man, uh, Case, play, Case is playing great right now. And uh, have you ever? And then he brought up just that day. He goes, "Have you ever thought about sending him to a prep school?" My dad was like, "Well, yeah, I have before, but if we were gonna send him to a prep school, we would do it after his senior year." Well, Scott, and then Scotty was like, "Well, man, you need to think about sending him out this year." And the reason we're going to TMG, you know, it's across the country. I mean, like, why why are we doing it there when there's all these prep schools around? I mean, there's even one in Memphis. Well. Scotty, my trainer, he's got connections out there. He was supposed to be the head coach, but stuff went down with COVID and all that, and he wasn't able to get out there. He still might get out there, but it'll be later on. But so he was able to give us – or he has those connections. We were, able, we were able to actually, soon after that, fly out there just to check it out. And we checked out the facilities and all that, and, what, and we learned all the information we needed. And uh, it, it just all felt right, like just all of it. So yeah. being, being in California will definitely feel right. You know, I saw some videos of you training before you committed and, you know, guys, Randy, Daniel, I will tell you when it is okay to work out barefooted. My man was out there killing it in the sand doing drills. How hot was it out there? Case? It wasn't too bad. What's down, here's a, down here's a lot worse with the humidity. 
So it was great. We had a breeze. So I wasn't complaining because I'm outside every day. So I feel like is it is it hard to is it hard to do that footwork though? I seen you doing the ladders and whatnot. Is oh, it yeah. hard to do in the sand? Oh yeah, way harder. Like because I I have my own ladder. I do it all out. I do it at my house all the time. Man, you get out there, it slows you down so much. Plus, right. it's just hard to balance. The sand's not completely flat. It's it's tough. Well, that's a that's a time where we uh, we definitely okay working out in the in those bare feet, huh, DB? But uh, that's a that's another story for a different day. Uh, so tell us, man. Um, you know, you were talking about they got you know we know they got IMG local. You know, tell those who are listening, and you know, to the best that you can, tell us about TMG because you know it's a new thing and everything. Uh, just give us a little information about it. All right, so TMG, it's a prep school and. Uh, you know, prep school, prep schools are really for more for sports and they got, they don't just do basketball, but or like most prep schools, but TMG. So they're a basketball prep school only. And, uh, they, uh, so the point of a prep school is to kind of get exposure. Like they have a national schedule. They can play anywhere. They don't have, uh, restrictions on what they can do as well. Like public schools, like down here, at least, uh, they're only allowed to practice certain amount of times like, or like they're not allowed to do this many hours. So like what's good about a prep school is they just eat, sleep, drink basketball. So they're just allowed to uh, just play whenever practice, whenever. So it's just, it's great. So if you're really trying to get better at basketball, like for me, I mean, that's all my life anyways, eat, sleep, drink basketball. So it's just great for people who are like hardworking because it's not a normal school at all. I mean, they, it's literally four sports. I mean, obviously they have academics as well, but man, it's it's yeah. So yeah, we we love to hear that because we're we're all about you know listening to guys talk about work ethic, and so the the fact that you say you eat, sleep, and breathe it, um, that's something that that is awesome because you're wanting to do whatever it takes to better your craft, and so with that. Uh, my next question would be what skill specifically or skills do you want to improve most this year in your, uh, your time with TMG? All right. Let me think. Uh, definitely defense for sure. Just everything about defense. Yeah. And uh, let's see. While you're see. thinking about it, I'm Daniel. Is he speaking to your heart right now with that defense comment? Yeah. I love defense. I love the first group. team. First team, because because they're Grizzlies guys, man, they they love them some Tony Allen all the way. Yeah. But he can't shoot threes, and you said you can shoot threes, so. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hold up now. He could in college. He just played his role. In college. So, defense, is there anything anything else? Obviously, you said you're a ball handler. You said you could shoot. uh, I've seen seen some videos your dad's posted uh, dishing the rock. You You definitely got skills. Um, do you think you got uh, one more growth spurt left in you? Man, I hope. Gosh, that, that would be great. But I don't know. I mean, if not, hey, it's all right. But if yeah. so, yeah, it's going to help a lot. Yeah, no doubt. It, it definitely helped. You know, we're talking about Luca. He's he's tall as all get out. It would be nice to hit hit that kind of growth spurt, huh? Oh, Yeah. All right. So, what is the uh, what is what is the goal for you? You know, we t- we talked to Brady Tiger last week and talking about what was next, and we did the same thing with uh, with Dylan and Frill, the guys. Well, we always want to know what is what is the goal that you want next? Like, is is there you know, are you looking 
are you thinking Division One after this? Or is, I mean, is your are you locked in? What's up? Yes, sir. Uh, that's man. That's yeah. D one for sure. I've always wanted to be a college player, and that's why I work. You know, that's why I've always had such a passion. You know, so uh, that's what I work for. You know, that's why I, I do all this hard work because I, you know, I have those dreams, and that's what fuels me. So yeah, D one for sure is the next step. Well, before before I pass it over to Randy, man, I want to tell you we had a we had a guest on that's a dear friend of ours. Uh, this was this was some months back, but his name was Alan Irvin, and and you talk about your commitment and your time grinding. He went to a very small college university, and he was told that he was going to be done playing football. He was playing his last game, and because he put in the time and the work ethic, this is this is no joke. He ended up being on an NFL roster with the Detroit Lions. So let me tell you, with the work ethic that you're talking about, with with the hunger that you have, if you put in that time, brother, anything is possible. D1 and and on past that. So yes, man, keep keep grinding. So Case, let's 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 get into it a little bit here. You talked about having the ladder at home and doing your footwork drills, and that's all good and everything. But here's what I want to know: You wake up in the morning. What you eating on, bro? We talking corn pops, corn flakes, Lucky Charms. What we eating on? Usually, I wake up, I get me some eggs. Oh, some now eggs. you see, you're going a little too healthy for me. I, if you can't tell, I'm the fat guy of the group, so you know, I, I don't know about all that. I don't even eat breakfast though. That's a, that's the jacked up part. You don't eat breakfast? Why not? You don't wake up hungry. I do not. I never wake up hungry. That for the first time in about four years. Let me tell you what I did this morning. I woke up. I didn't even brush my teeth. I put on my tennis oh. shoes and went for a run, bro. And I knew that if I did anything else, if I stopped, did not pass go, I was going to sit my fat ass right back down. You know what I'm talking about? But no, <laughs> on to you, though. We got to talk about So after you eat breakfast, what's a typical day look like for you? Lately, man, typical day, I'm going, uh, I'm going to bed early and I'm waking up around uh, probably around 7, getting up at 7. Then I get up, do devotion, all that. Then I uh, and I eat and all that. And I go outside, get up my form shooting, and I do that for a while. And then usually after that, it's like go on to ball handling or finishing. So I don't do the same thing every day. I've I have tons of oh, and look at this shoot. Did you exit? No, I didn't touch it. We can still see you. Oh, okay. It's all good. I will edit this. We can edit that just, out. Yeah, we good. I thought just you were going to show just, us the Mississippi State curtains. Yeah. <laughs> just, just go right back to where you were. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, I have a – I don't – no day's the same. I do form shooting every day, but I switch it up with what else, whatever else I do. And so then I go – oh, wait. Go ahead. What? No, you're shooting for him. Oh, I'm good. So who do you who do you model it after? What's your form look like? Is it, I know it's Case Johnson, but who do you want to shoot like? What's your form look like? Quick release like Steph? Looking yeah, like Luka with the long? Yeah, it's definitely like Steph. It looks a lot like Oh, he sure. sounded confident. Definitely Ooh, like Steph. He said he definitely said. like Steph. You be hitting that 40-footer <laughs> over, over Russell Westbrook to win the game? Ooh, oh, that, that was unnecessary. Oh, yeah. oh snap. That, that was, that's, the best game. that's the best game he's ever had. Shoot. Man, man, can I hey can can I say something real quick? And this is gonna it's straight up on top of got to bring it up. They were talking about that Lucas shot, and they were talking about Mike Breen, and they said that might have been the best bang bang call he ever had, and that is not true. 
when Steph Curry walked across oh, yeah. the half court and hit that 40-footer for the game win over Oklahoma City, and then he did, as uh, Ray Lewis called it, that Disney walk on him, that was the best call. Nobody was better than Dame Lillard giving him the bye-bye. Nobody. But it wasn't Mike Breen on the call doing bang-bang, though. I, I, I don't Nobody. nobody Disney last walk. Yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah, but that was over Paul George also. Who's? Gosh, Paul George always gets shot on. That boy, playoff P. He in Royal he always, hey, we're going to have to bring Case in for some NBA analyzing. Look at that. My man knows his stuff. For sure. So, Case, when you go out to TMG, who are you competing with? You think you're going to be on – like, you looking to start immediately? What are we looking like? Six man? Man, I don't know. I haven't met any of the teammates or anything. I mean, I will next week when we fly out. But, uh, yeah, I have no idea. But I'm just going to do the best I can. I shoot, I hope start yet. Heck yeah. Absolutely. So, you, you talked a little bit about – it's a weird time, right? Uh, I, I have, like, 47 kids, and I really have four. So, you know, we got some hybrid, virtual. What's the date? What's school? What does academics either look like for you now or what's it going to look like? I guess it'll be different going to TNG. Oh, yeah. So, so, it's going to be all online. And uh, it's just going to be, like, the standard California, like, like that type of school. Yeah, what they're learning and stuff, all that. Shouldn't be too bad. Is surfing one of your classes? <laughs> Man, people keep asking me that if I'm gonna surf or not. Got the hair already. Do, do you guys play base, like Bayside like High at TMG? What'd you say? <laughs> yeah. Do you play Bayside High at TMG? <laughs> he don't even know what Bayside. He gonna have to ask his dad. Dad, what's Bayside? Paul, tell him about Say by the Bell. Dad's over there laughing. Uh, yeah, Say by the Bell. So, uh, once, <laughs> what is gonna be like once you do go to D1? Because we all we we know that's gonna happen now. What's your area of study going to be besides basketball? Shoot, I don't even know. It's hard Ooh. for me to even think about that stuff. Come on, man. It's not that far away. Look, you're going to prep school. It's coming close. Look, for, for Randy, you need to say it has to do with something with business because Randy is all hey, about business. Man, I'm all about them Benjamins case. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, I got I got two years, though. You know, I'm a, So, I'm going this year. I don't know if I brought this up, but I'm going this year for my senior year. And then next year, I'll most likely also be attending uh, TMG for a post-grad year. So they have a they have a the high school team and then they have a post-grad year. So you can go so you can go all your your years of high school and add another year. So it's like you get another year on after your senior year. Yeah, That's sense. also a good thing about prep school. You're allowed to do that. Man, I'm getting educated. I didn't I didn't know all that. So you know, I got one more question for you, Case. You know, uh, talking to your dad and learning more about you, you know, I know you've had some obstacles and some setbacks in your way. What's, uh, what's been your, your greatest obstacle or your setback through this journey in basketball? Well, it's tough. Uh, it's been uh, – I struggle a lot for sure. Uh, I would say – well, let me think. You know what? Well, well, hey, Paul. We'll do it. You know what, man? Hey, that Paul, one's tough. Hey, this is hey, this is great. We we actually we got Paul Johnson in the house. Paul, man, you know your son better than anybody. You've watched the work he's put in. You've seen the obstacles he's had to face, man. Can you give me a description of of what he's been through to get to where he is? 
Man, can I? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's been – first of all, it's been amazing to sit back and watch a kid that, you know, you had a hand in making that is just this passionate about one thing. I tell you what, when he, he started, what he said about 11, and that's about right. I was pretty nervous. He was into art, which I was fine with. I was like, man, I love every sport, especially basketball. So I was I was super excited when he when he decided to play. I didn't push him or anything because I mean, you know, he can do what he wants to do, but I was definitely excited. So the cool thing or the the kind of thing that was crazy about the whole process was we started with a trainer early on because I knew that um he was gonna have that tryout his seventh grade year, or I guess it would be the spring semester of his sixth grade year for the seventh grade year. So we started fairly early with trainers and stuff, and he did really well. And um, so he gets there, and he doesn't make the seventh grade team. And, man, it was amazing. Most kids have been, like, you know, crying. and He was upset, but it didn't deter him one bit. So he goes back to it. I literally call the coach, and I'm not a parent that says, what are you doing? My kid deserves to be on the team. I just want to know what he what he need to work on. So, And it doesn't matter. I can't even remember what he said. And so I said, okay, that's all I said. So the next year, we decided to hold Case back. Case is now 5'9", but he was really short at that age. And so we decided to hold him back in seventh grade. And luckily, he has a really good personality. He didn't necessarily want to be held back, but I mean, two weeks into it, he was good to go. But when he tried out for the eighth grade year, even though we were going to hold him back, I said, go ahead and try out. I want to see what happens. He didn't make it. And I'm like, oh, my word. Which, in the end, it didn't matter necessarily, but I just couldn't believe it because he had worked on his game that next year. So uh, roll around to the finally he gets to eighth grade year where he's actually in eighth grade. He tries out and he makes that team. Uh, he plays very little that next year. So what, what happens with that? Well, ninth grade rolls around, he doesn't make ninth grade team. And it's like, oh, my gosh. So you can imagine, I mean, I don't know what percent of boys would have quit at that point, but literally Case was upset, but he had a passion for what he was doing. And he continued to do it. And it blew my mind. So then um, 10th grade, it was funny because his uh, 10th grade year, he didn't make it. He's made it every year since. But – uh, had a great year, 10th grade year. He shot like 46% from threes in uh, the JV games. So just a phenomenal shooter, which you know as well as we do, when you're 5'9", you've got to shoot the ball crazy. I mean, and, and I'll give you an idea of what Case does to get better. Then, and this is what separates him from other boys. He came to me and he said, Dad, I want to do – I want to get better. He could finish left-handed, but he said, I want it to feel like it's right-handed. So he would say – I'm going to start writing right-handed. So to this day, he writes his papers right-handed, takes tests right-handed, takes notes at school right-hand or left-handed. Yeah, left -handed. I said, <laughs> left, I said, right, left-handed the whole time. And uh, amazing. He throws a football left-handed now. And then he comes to me, he says, dad, I want to be uh, better in the clutch. I want to, you know, have a better mental game. He starts taking cold showers in the morning, just anything he could think of. I mean, he had this list. I wish you could see his mirror and all the goals he had written out. So this, I mean, when he says he's passionate about it, he, you're talking about a kid that's 18 years old that goes to bed at 9.30 at night so he can get eight hours of sleep in and start it the next day. So, um, and his friends, 
at school. It's been tough. So the hardest thing to sum that up is for Casey is once he did make the team and once he was good enough and uh, his it was tough for his, uh, the teammates still almost was like he was still not up to that level as far as their mind because they went through every one of those and they knew he didn't make the team. And, and he was fine with that, but, you know, it's no fun. But, uh, you know, that's tough on him. But he didn't he – was, he was not discouraged and never talked about quitting. And so when this opportunity came up, it was like God literally was, was moving us towards this. Uh, there was a lot of things that kind of came together. Because this decision came in the last, you know, a month or so. So it wasn't – it wasn't anything we've been thinking about for three or four months because, like Kay said earlier, we were going to send him to a prep school after his senior year because you get that year post-grad. Uh, but so this has really just been awesome to watch this kind of – I mean, we're super sad to lose him and be, you know, what, two 2,000 miles away. But, again, I told my wife, I said, we can't stand in the way – of what Case has a passion and desire to do. So the story of his story, you know, if it if he ever hits the 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 big time, ESPN will have a fun uh, story to to play for well, Case uh, well, and kind of how he came, got to where he was. I'm going to tell you, you know, Daniel Randy will will tell you we when we go to have these kids on here, we're rooting for them, but we we just have this firm belief that they're going to make it. And so he, you know, when he does make it, we're we're going to have fun coming back on this. And you know that work ethic. It's you know, you you want a kid who doesn't ever want to ever want to give up. And as a father, you know, we're all fathers, and you know, I never want to hear my kid, you know, say they quit and say that they don't believe they can do something. And so, Paul, actually, I just had to deal recently with. Um, Somehow or another, I tra- you know, Taylor already had a starting spot on D.C. soccer team. She had already made the team. The tryouts had, had happened earlier for there, but then we moved. Her coach at Center Hill was begging her to move to Center Hill to come play for him. Well, we go to Hernando. She doesn't make the team, Paul. So now here, so here we are. And so um, to your point, like you're talking about with Case, you know, I wanted to see how she responded. That's how her club coach felt, said, see how she responds in. And now, you know, she's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show them. I'm going to be better than ever. And that's what you want from these kids. And I'll tell you this in regards to his growth. Um, you know, my favorite player is Russell Westbrook. Everybody in the free world knows this. And I wanted to confirm my thoughts, Case. He started his senior year in high school at five foot nine. By the time it was done, he was six foot three. So don't give up hope, brother. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be great. Man, what a what a good story. Hey, Case, bro, like every player has a story. And some some of their roads are a lot easier than others, but don't ever be afraid to share your story. All right, because yeah. the reach that, that we have with this podcast may it may trigger something in someone that hears this and lights a fire that was similar to the fire that was lit under you, man. So like, keep up the good work and dude, like just keep doing your thing. Uh, good things happen. But, uh, as we end our segment with you, we, we like to play a game with all of our guests. So you down to play a game with us? Yeah, sure. 
right, so the game is called This or That, and it's very simple. It has just a couple rules. I'm going to give you two options, and all you have to do is pick one. Um, the only two rules are you can't say neither and you can't say both. You got it? All right. So we're old school cats in your world and you're a new school cat. So who's better, LeBron or Jordan? Gosh, uh, to me, LeBron, for sure. I just, man, I decided this after uh, that last year he had in Cleveland. When he had that game one, when he had 51 points and they lost, I was like, this guy, he's just, just carrying this team. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. What's it feel like to be wrong? <laughs> well, uh-huh. shoot, this is like the most heated argument you can get. Like, that's all I hear people talking about is this question right here. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, it's it's tough. It's It's hard when they don't play – together and it's even harder when both guys have you know like stat lines that are very comparable so um would you rather posterize randy with a monster dunk or bust a game-winning three in jim's face i'm thinking dunk oh trying to yam on me bro yeah at least i'm out of this Man, I thought you were a shooter. I thought for sure you were going to say pop one right in Jim's face. Well, usually, but, man, I would love to dunk. I'm kind of close, but, shoot, post riding somebody, shoot. Yeah, I, I tell you I what, Case, it ain't, it ain't going to be me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you come, you come to the rim, you better bring it because he ain't just going to let you have it. I got to get out of the way yeah, or something. Like, I can't have it. It's like a dream come true, dunking on somebody. <laughs> You should have dunked on Wiseman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd have been a good idea. So, would you rather have fame or would you have, rather have good friends? Hmm. Well, take the fame, cause. Well, I'm famous. I'm I'm thinking I'm in the league, right? <laughs> yes, my yeah. man. Thinking. Hey. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, shoot. Here's what I'll say, man. The adults on the show will always go with fame. And the other guys on the show, usually our guests, the, the high school kids and the college kids are going to go with friends. So I, I'm i on board with fame, man. You're right. Like you, you, you put the pieces to, together and you, you thought analytically about this question. And I love that. Yeah. Um, so would you rather call somebody or text them? I'm a call guy because I don't know. It's just like annoying to type out everything. Man, dude, like you sure you're 18, you're not yeah, 30. Case, case, case is secretly our age. Man. All right, look, this is gonna be a good one. All right. Would you would you rather have bad breath or uncontrollable farts, but they don't smell? Now this is forever. My gosh, I guess. Yeah, bad breath. Couldn't I just have, like, gum or something? Hey, you could. There you go, thinking analytically about this question. I once knew a guy who had halitosis. The gum still didn't fix the problem, brother. Still. That's that's true. Uh, Yeah, I guess still still bad breath. I mean, I don't know, man. 
right. So if you were going to ask someone on a date, would you slide into the DMs or would you ask them face to face? I guess face to face. Everybody likes it. So I don't know, man. I think it's the definitely DMs these days are pretty popular. You think it's definitely easier that hey, way. Hey, he's yeah. a shooter, though. Shooter, shoot, bro. Hey, take your shot, bro. Take your shot. Yeah. All right. Would you rather do public speaking or would you rather sing karaoke? I guess public speaking because, man, karaoke. Well, that's not, that's not your thing? Uh, you can't sing? No, no, no. All right. So TMG or IMG? Well, man, well, IMG's like the big one, but like the big one everybody thinks about. Shoot, California. Hmm. I don't know. You know, I'll pick Team G. I'm happy where I'm, where I'm going to be. I always say that because I'm about, I don't know, 45 minutes away from IMG. So, IMG. yeah, so I, I I was curious to see how, how you felt, but you picked the right answer, man. You're, you're, you're going to TMG. That's your home. Like, you got to rep them. So who who's your bigger yeah, fan? Or, absolutely, absolutely. Who's a bigger fan, mom or dad? Well, dad's more like he his personality's more. He'll voice it more, but I mean they're, they're the same. But mom, her personality just isn't like you know what I mean. My dad's more outgoing, so it'll seem like my dad. But both of them are still yeah great and just support me the same. I got you. Well, man, I'm going to pull you off the hot seat, dude. That was that was good stuff. Good insight. Anything you want to plug or promote, TMG, or anything you got going on? Man, I don't know. Social media handle, people can follow you, anything? What's my joint? Hold on. <laughs> he wasn't prepared uh, for that what did, what did he say? What's, you heard him. He said, hey. <laughs> All right. Uh, my Instagram's case underscore Johnson. Go follow me. Hey, y'all go follow this kid, man. He's got grind out the frame. He is passionate. He's got faith and he's got a family that's backing him a hundred percent case. Hey man, keep staying true to you. Keep doing you, man. And we look forward to talking to you again after a solid year at TMG. So, uh, you know, keep us. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you joining us. We're going to take a little break. we got a word from our sponsor. And then after we come back, we're going to hit headlines. All right, gentlemen, we're back. And we got headlines. We're going to run it off uh, NBA, MLB, NHL, and then we'll do a little last call. So let's lead off with NBA. Jim, 76ers looking for a new coach. Who's it going to be? Man, I don't know whoever wants to deal with that mess because – you know, a lot of talent there, but that's that's not an ideal coaching situation, you know. Some people would say it would be. And there's a lot of names being thrown around. I know that there was a name thrown around, and he was quick to shut it down earlier. Uh, Randy, did you see uh, Jalen Rose? you see all that? Yeah, I did. Do, do you think, Randy, that this is a time for a female assistant to get a head coaching job? Absolutely. And if you remember correctly, when we started this weeks back when they had the restart, I said the 76ers are not going to – they ain't going to do shit. 
because they have a bunch of guys, but they don't have a cohesive unit. And, and it really was an indictment on Brett Brown, as, as to me, it was more of an indictment on how the team was put together. They just – they got talent. You got Tobias. You got, you know, you got Embiid. You got Ben Simmons gets hurt, so that's tough. But they don't really mesh together. You got a bunch of dudes doing the same shit. Yeah, well, and did you see the statistics? Um, did you see when Embiid and Redick were on the, the court last year, how well that they played a two-man game? And so they were showing how much it affected Embiid to not have Redick there. Well, because they don't have any shooters anymore. They're not spaced out. The, the key to the all – if you look back at the dynasty over the last 20 years, the Spurs and the Warriors are two that really stand out. And what do they do better than anybody? They space the floor and pass the ball, which is exactly what you're seeing now with the Toronto Raptors. They play as one unit. Now, the Warriors have the names where the Spurs were just a cohesive unit all the way through. But – you got to have the spacing. is That's crucial. Yeah, I mean, Nobody plays defense shoot? anymore. Yeah, can anybody shoot other than Harris, really, uh, on that starting five? He's not even a good shooter. But, but I mean, no. uh, but, but, I mean, when he's your best one. Well, Richardson's pretty good. So, the, um, the draft, we had our lottery picks. Was there any surprises or anything noteworthy to discuss? In my opinion, no. But I mean, the, I could the Knicks wrong. get hosed again. I mean, the the one that I would say is Wiseman doesn't fit what the Warriors do. So would they pick him at two? You know, I if I can I be honest because when you look at the Warriors and everybody talks about what a luxury because they're already you know a made team and then they end up with that draft pick. Wouldn't you trade out of that? Because they've talked about that because you have. Um, Wiggins and then you have that pick I mean you can bundle a deal together and because I mean you there's none of those guys up there that they would draft that would you know really help what they got going I don't know that he doesn't fit with what they do because the dude I know what you're saying he's a big and he's but he that dude can freaking move yeah it's it, it'll be interesting it's and I think a lot of the the interest and in the unknown is exactly that is that there's intrigue there because of his size and what he can do, but there is a lot of unknown because there wasn't a whole lot shown from him at a middle level, like caliber competition. So we go from high school AAU to minimal college and then nothing. So what is the measuring stick for James Wiseman? It's hard to say, but, um, I think someone would be crazy not to want them. And I think, to me, I think if any team would get him, it would be the Warriors because they don't have anything to lose. If they, if they give him up, then there's no guarantee that they get a guy that fits the pieces. But if they take him, it's like, oh, I got this talent. Now what am I going to do with him? Well, so. the reason I brought up the because a lot of people brought up the bundle deal because you know when when you got Clay and Steph back healthy, um, I mean you really don't need Wiggins. You need you need that guy that always fit that Harrison Barnes role really. And so I mean, you could say he kind of could, but he obviously don't defend like that. But I mean, it's what a luxury for the Warriors. I mean, dude, them dudes. I mean, to be able to just have all that and then have that pick now is stupid. I'll tell you the one thing I hated about all the draft stuff, Daniel. I don't know how much you listen to to local sports uh, Memphis radio this week. I know you still listen from down there. Um, they rehashed all the uh, the drafts from the last how many ever years, and 
Man, I just wish I – and, you know, I'm not even a Grizzlies fan. I wish I never had to hear about the Hashim the Beat draft ever again and then even the O.J. Mayo one. When you hear the guys that were taken after the Grizzlies picks, we're talking about the Steph Currys and the James Hardens of the world, it just makes you nauseous. I mean, then that's the – that's the tricky game that you play because nothing is guaranteed in that league. But um, I mean, except football. for the fact that Hashim Tabit was going to always be fucking garbage. <laughs> you know, it was. They talked about it. it what should have been red flag was of all those guys in the top ten, he was the only one that didn't work out. For everybody, everybody, and none louder than our boy Chris Vernon told him day after day after day, this dude is not what you, especially in the modern day NBA. I mean, you know, I, it makes me sick. And they said had they – and they said had they, you know, because the, the pre-lottery, they were going to have the sixth pick, right? And obviously they moved up to four. They, uh, they were talking to Chris Harrington about and everything. They said had they stayed in the sixth spot, you know who they would have drafted, right? They had already said it. Steph Curry. That'll make any Grizzlies fan sick. And- and that's th- th- to Daniel's credit, though. That's exactly what he means. No guarantee, like because even though we saw Steph Curry do special things in the tournament, nobody in the nobody saw a unanimous MVP. You saw a guy that was going to be uh, just a three-point shooter. You know, could he be a, a, a Reggie Miller type? And and Reggie, by all accounts, is great. Reggie was never a unanimous MVP. Reggie never transcended the game like Steph is. People don't shout out Reggie when they're shooting threes like they do Steph now. And I think. A lot of that is the time. It's the social media and all that. Steph's got a signature shoe. He's doing his thing. He's, he's a brand, which that's got to do with the fact that it's 2020, I'm sure. Speaking of brand, does Luca – is Luca have a brand now? Bitch-ass white boy. Well, yeah. Hey, Randy's been waiting to say that. I mean yep. – go ahead, Randy. You, you, you know what? You got the floor on this one. You've been, you've been waiting on this. Listen, listen, I, I played, obviously, where DB and I grew up, we were in the minority as far as being white boys. So I did. I played a lot of ball. I didn't play baseball when I was little. I played basketball. And I got called a lot of things on the court because I was most of the time the only white kid in the tournament. Um, so it's not that it, it was I was offended by what he said because I've heard worse uh, said directly to me. It's just that it, now it's going to be a phenomenon. When you got to do like Montrez Harrell – who goes out the next game and gets two points and one rebound? Like, bro, get your game up. You want to come mm. at the, you want to come at that kid? You better come correct because dude's dropping forty three and a thirty foot, you know, bomb on your head. He's coming, Mike Breen, bang bang. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and to your point, uh, I remember one time I went with Patrick Addison. He was uh, he was a cop then, and you know, he he worked out at the precinct he did, and he had me out at like Binghampton. I was like what the hell am I doing out here but you know I'm with the cops so I figured I was okay and man they started in right as soon as we start playing white boy was coming out everything and, and it and it worked to their to their point because you know they were already bigger and more athletic and then here they are name calling and so <laughs> yeah put me in place but with Luca to the point of this whole thing I mean all it did I mean he just come and show out that that talk don't mess with him he's very he's very level-headed man and then he's got a killer instinct that you just wouldn't see. Like, you know, you see the actions of, like, a Dame Dollar, right? Like, and, you, and you know, Luca does it without talking so much. And, and I mean, he's a, he's a killer, and I can't wait for game five. I got a question for both of y'all. And, and I asked DB this in the text message, and he ignored me. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I really I, – I, and maybe it's just me. 
do you think that Luca is going to become the superstar that he deserves to be without being this? I mean, because he's not, he's flashy, but he's not athletic. Dude's not jumping over folks, yamming on folks. He's not really talking shit. Like Dame Dollar getting all the credit because he's, he's doing, he's letting you know. I think that's, that would be the beauty in how he can market himself is be the guy who doesn't try hard to be the guy. Mm, with that it, makes he sense. could also like put his mom out there. He, <laughs> but here, he, he but here's here's the, here's the thing, guys. You remember when we had the conversation going back to Last Dance, and we were talking about Larry Bird and how they that people actually like refer to him as the best white player, right? And um, I'm already hearing that again, and that's the thing. Not, not even just a race thing, like, uh, but just in general, like I want him to have more flash than that. I don't want him to be put in that category of Larry Bird and Dirk. Right. Like I want him to, I, you know, I hope he does start talking crap. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, we, we got people listening to the show and I'm trying to say we condone acting like a jerk, but I mean, man, start getting in their face and talking bad. Well, I mean, it all started by him saying, you know, stop flopping, but he said it like in such a nice way, like don't flop big guy, you know, don't flop big guy. So to me, and, and maybe this is wrong and maybe our listeners are going to hate the fact that I say this. But when you talk about greatest white players of all time, Larry Bird is the greatest white player of all time. He's one of the best players of all time, period. Dirk is 1,000%, and it's not even a debate to me, the best international player of all time right now. Luka has an absolute shot at taking that crown. And how ironic that it's with the same team that, that Dirk made his mark on. And Dirk, listen, if you go back and look at that, when they played LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, Ain't nobody in the fucking world give the Mavericks a chance to win that. Dirk mm. did what – and nobody saw it coming because he wasn't – he was doing these off-balance – you know, it's kind of ugly when you really think about it, <laughs> but it was effective. And that's – Luka, it's not – it's pretty, what but is, it's not what, athletic. What is it there's – I think is it, is it there's seven different countries represented on the Mavericks. Oh, yeah. They've, they've definitely figured it out when it comes to international play. It's them and the Spurs got it. Like, their message. About the state of Texas. <laughs> yeah, their messages on the back of their jersey because a lot of them have them in their native language. Like, it's like 37 letters going across. Like, what the hell <laughs> yeah. does that say? Well, speaking of international uh, players, you know, our, our homeboy, Pal Gasol, what a, what a great message he had for Kobe. Uh, you know, Uncle Pal spent the day. Uh, with the with the Bryant family, just got a shout out to Powell, man. I know he gets a bad rap in Memphis, but he was he really did everything right, class act, and and what a moment for him to spend with the Bryant family. Absolutely. Um. So, talking about you know series that are close, the Mavericks have now. I mean, if I if I had to say it, I think they've gained the momentum in the series, but. Um, the Rockets, Jim. So I'm gonna let you have the floor, man. Tell us, are we worried about the Rockets? Is Westbrook not playing when he could have a big deal, or is this series now that he's gonna be playing? We hope or we assume it's not gonna be in the favor of the Rockets. Well, I tell you. So first, to uh, to give Randy credit on the last episode, he said the guy that was gonna be the X factor was Macklemore. Um, I wouldn't even know he was a rocket right now because he's done nothing. I said Rivers would have to be an X factor. Um, he didn't even score today. And so before you even get to the Westbrook thing, the guys that you need to show up and you don't need huge games, but they have to be productive 
are not there. You add Robert Covington in the mix. So Westbrook could have played. Um, you know, most people say that he shouldn't have. It's a, it was a good decision, even, even Randy himself. You know, I'm biased because I want to see the guy play. But more than likely, yes, he shouldn't have. But now that you're in a 2-2 tie and these other guys aren't producing, you have to have somebody else because James Harden's playing great. So somebody else has to do it, especially because Oklahoma City, if you look, they are a very good overall team. It is not like one guy is filling the bucket up for 40, man. You look across and everybody is chipping in, and the same thing isn't happening for the Rockets. So, you know, I think they are in trouble. Momentum has swung, and, you know, it's not like we're we're in the bubble. They're not going back to Houston where they have home court, right? I mean, so I, I think they're in trouble. I think Russ has to come back to play. The scary thing about Russ is is – two things and it's not even to do with his injury um will he try to do too much if he does it because he does in general but even more so because it is okc and there's been a lot of chatter you know like randy talked about today they they were going at it on the sideline so is is that something to worry about when your your focus is chatter and getting more attention for chatter on the sideline than what's actually going on in the game. Is is that a problem? Yeah, that's always been his greatest downfall. Randy Randy will tell you, when he when he becomes a head case and and worries about trying to prove a point and do too much because he's jawing with somebody, um, it's when he's became blind. It's you know, you go back to all the past series where where it's came to crunch time and it's because he's trying to prove a point to somebody when you know, and then it, it becomes all about him. And so that's the one thing that you hope that he's gotten mature about. I will say this, you know, he was – he did have the chatter today, but they've been showing the clips. He's actually been coaching probably more on the sideline than uh, Mike D. So, I mean, he's actually been really active and uh, a part of the team. I was surprised, you know, that, that was why Randy texted me. Adams was his main guy. And so to see them going at it, but, you know – that's the thing about Westbrook. He said it in so many different interviews. If you're not on his team, he does not like you. You know, after the game he might, but when you when you lace him up and that you know, there's guys who've had that. That's I mean, Kobe had that instinct, Jordan had the instinct, and so I do like that about him. Well, you said it from the jump. You were worried about them playing the Thunder, so hopefully things turn around, they can finish the series out because you know, I'm. I'll be worried about you personally if if, if they don't. Well, the so. flips. The flip side is Daniel is my look. You you go back a few days ago, and I'm thinking, okay, the Rockets are going to sweep the the Thunder, and they're going to get a rest. And I was like, meanwhile, the Blazers are going to take the Lakers to six or seven. And here it's looking like, well, first the Rockets got to worry about winning, right? And then meanwhile, Lakers looking like they might be fixing to just go ahead and roll this thing out. Yeah, it'll be interesting next uh, week or so to see how these pan out and move on to the next round. So moving to Major League Baseball, guys, it's really weird to say this, but the free agency, the deadline is a week away. Um, I, I don't, to be honest, I, I, I can't even track anybody that is even in the mix to do anything. I know there's some guys out there that, need some help. I know the Braves need some rotation help and the Dodgers are usually notorious for, for making big splashes, but I just don't see with this sprint that they have, like who's available or who is even ready. 
to to switch over. Um, you know, I'll, I'll ask you first, Randy. Do you see anybody changing teams or any teams making big splashes within the next week? You know, I don't. I think you'll see some, you know, maybe some small moves. I don't think you're going to see the the headliner because, I mean, you haven't even seen enough. I mean, you know, we're we're like 20-something games in, and I know that we're halfway in for some teams, not named the Cardinals or the Marlins, but I just don't see you've seen enough. And this is the part that's so weird that, you know, I appreciate seeing the baseball, but taking away this element kind of sucks for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and – there's guys like starting pitchers, big name guys that haven't even towed the mound. So for me to say anybody's ready, like it would be, would be crazy. Cause I don't think anybody is ready. And I don't think you're going to see people hitting a postseason like push and a stride until 60 games. And, it, and it, then it's, then it's go time. So well, do y'all want to hear uh captain Jack stat line for tonight? He went five innings, no walks, one hit, no runs surrendered, three strikeouts. So, Jack Flaherty is back, baby. Shout out to his mama. <laughs> Here we go there's, about mama. There's a lot of mama talk tonight. Hey, man. and I'll tell you what, Randy, while we're talking about it, you know, DeYoung came back tonight, and I don't – I mean, I don't see Shrunk nowhere, so. I'm telling you, you've never seen him in the same room at the same time. <laughs> man, this is a conspiracy. We're going to have to get to the bottom of some – Jim, I'm gonna need you and Randy to do some investigative journalism. All right, get to the bottom of of this this conspiracy or or what's going on because I, I think there's a lot of funny things, funny pieces, um, uh, too too many to overlook. That's for sure. Well, let's shout out. Even though the game ain't over, but just want to shout out to them Cardinals. Though. They're up eight three. Goldie's got a got oh, a three no. run blast. They're gonna lose now. Yeah, the last time we did that, Randy was like, they're cruising and end up turning around losing. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's over now. Man, so looking at the standings, I mean, you got you got the Rays, man. The Rays are, are playing really well. The Twins playing really well. And Oakland is, is right there. And I, I want to talk about Oakland for a minute, Jim, because you've been there. You've seen them play. You, you – I think you were a little fascinated, you know, with that, the whole program and the, and the whole um, A's philosophy. Now, 20 and nine is their current record. To me, if I think about a team that can sustain that type of play, it's them. And it's only because like, they're very, they don't do anything extraordinarily well, but they do everything really good. So are the A's a team to look out for? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the only thing we got wrong was predicting that they might struggle because they have slow starts. But are we not on course? You you mentioned all the teams, and we thought that the A's could take the next step along with the Rays. And then when you look at how Houston's got red hot, and then there's obviously the Yankees, I think the American League is is chalk now at this point, right? All the right teams are winning, and the A's are part of that bunch because they showed last year that they can ball. I mean, like, you know, you mentioned that game, and, yes, while I went there, there wasn't many people in attendance. They won that game, and they looked good. And and so, I mean, they're just, they're just taking that next step that, you know, they were expected to take from last year's 60-game season or not. And so – I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because, you know, um, 
when you look at them in Houston, you know, uh, it's going to be tight. Somebody's going somebody's gonna to be in that wild card game. And, I mean, you could say the same thing up there in the East because, uh, I mean, and I'm hoping for your sake because, you know, I know how you are about them Rays. I'm hoping it's the Yankees not, not taking that division. Hold up now. Yeah. Hold up now. Wait real quick now. Uh, there was one team that you named like every fucking player in the lineup, and they're dead fucking last. No, I, 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 own, I own that, Daniel. Tell them I did. I, when, when you asked me about the standings last week, I owned that. And, and that was my dark horse, and, I mean, I got no excuses. Well, I mean, if, we're, if, we're, <laughs> if we're taking ownership for bad picks, I'm going to fully take ownership of the, the Phillies um, because that's currently – a toilet bowl pick. Um, anybody that picked Boston is a toilet bowl pick. And I would never pick Boston. And if you pick the Indians, you're a genius somehow. I don't remember picking the Indians. I don't. Even, we have to go back and roll the tape on that because I'm sure I picked somebody. Hey, I know I had the Astros. Daniel, you remember when we said the AL Central was going to be the worst division in baseball, and then here you are, the White Sox at 17-12, Indians at 17-11, and Twins at 19-10. and 10. Like, what the hell? There's a National League team that we're just glancing over and not giving enough credit to. I'm not but. talking about the Dodgers. Don't do it. No, it's the, the Padres. Padres. Oh. Hey, they I got, got swag. I've been waiting on this moment all week long to talk to another pitcher about this. And if you tell me that he shouldn't have swung on 3-0, I'm hanging up on this podcast. You swing 3-0. You have a bat in your hand. You can swing it whenever you want. And if you're a pitcher that – doesn't want guys to swing 3-0, then don't fucking get 3-0. Like, and then, it's that and simple. then serve up a meatball. Yeah. It looked like Jim Cross out there on slow pitch softball night, just ready <laughs> to tee off on it. That ain't, and it, and here's, uh, the, here's the thing. That was just the start of something because not only does that happen, but then that was the first of a four-game run of grand slams for them. So not only are they winning games and they're making headlines with that, dude, they got all the flash right now, like, you want to talk about – we talk about things that baseball needs to draw attention. The Padres are doing that kind of thing. Hey, man, bump the unwritten rules. I want to see them having fun. They're playing in front of no freaking fans. It's a pandemic, and they're playing a 60-game schedule. Swag out. I want to see – and I know pitchers don't always agree – swing 3-0, flip the freaking bats, stare down somebody. Let's go. I mean, Tatis is, is what – you want as a franchise face like he's athletic he he's having fun and you can see it like nobody got mad at vlad when he swung 3-0 and hit bombs like with just crazy ass swings so like why why are we getting all bent out of shape he's at 12 home runs 29 rbis while batting 315 i mean the dude the dude is a stud i mean i i get it it's it's in the genes but I mean, come on, man. This is Major League Baseball. You can't miss down the middle. You just can't. So, thinking about hockey, you guys. I know you're 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 in the the dumps a little bit. Um, the Blues were eliminated. The defending defending champs are now back at home. So there will be a new champ this year, and I can't say much. The Lightning are in, into the second round, and they're down 1-0. But are you guys rooting for the Lightning or hardcore Blues fans now, and you could give two shits about the Lightning? Jim? Dude, you know I'm with you 100% on anything, as long as it's not against my team. 
I will I will root for the Cowboys. If the if they went to the Super Bowl and the Saints weren't involved, I mean, yeah, but I mean, with that, Daniel's only one of like a thousand friends I have that are Cowboys. DB, listen to me when I tell you, dog. I love you. I will never root for the Cowboys. That's now fine. You, now you know who you. Hey, y'all might have Miss Knight, but you see who your boy is. I love you. I do. I got. No, I got mad love for you. Are you ever gonna root for Tennessee? Fuck no. See, it's, but, it's, shout out, Miss Knight Dan, taught us like. See this it. orange microphone sleeve? That's about as that's as close as it's ever gonna get. And the only reason why I put that color on there is because I think I saw Case's team as orange. <laughs> Oh, hey, so hey, I gotta that. do. I gotta tell you, Daniel. So, uh, you know, y'all obviously texted y'all about the Blues being up three to one, and then I went to sleep. Um, but the game started. You know, you talk about game starting late. That game started at like nine thirty-five, um, my time. But you know, they blew it afterward. But I watched the game before it, man. Um, so I got into hockey, and you know, Montreal's out now. But I wanted to tell you about there was this dude, Brendan Gallagher. And he took what they explained to be an illegal hit because, you know, I don't know the rules very well. But, I mean, dude, he had blood running all out of his mouth. It definitely he had to have been missing some teeth. And, and you know, this is the first hockey game I'm watching. And so he goes over to his bench, and the first thing he does is he's climbing over his bench to get to the other bench, and he don't give a damn that there's 20 dudes for the other team in there. He was ready to throw. And so I'm like – if I'm going to watch hockey, that's what I want to see. Dude's bleeding out his mouth, and he's going to just fight the whole damn team. And so, shout out to Gallagher for being an OG. I mean, you, we talked about baseball having unwritten rules. I think there's a lot of unwritten rules in hockey. And it, a lot of things like you can't even get close to the goal goalkeeper. They, like, if you get close – they're going to, like, punish you. Like, they're going to drag you over, and everybody's going to huddle up around you and, like, throw jabs. It's crazy. But, yeah, um, those hockey guys, they're wired a different way. Um, so, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Lightning playing. They got, they got a game tomorrow and a game Wednesday. Hopefully, we get back on track and get ahead in this series. Can you tell me who, uh, since you – I mean, I know you pay – predominantly most attention to them uh who's supposed to be you know we got so vancouver and uh, is that vegas um you know who's is and then let me see there's new york and philly i mean is any of those teams supposed to be a, a heavy favorite to to make it to the finals i mean everyone was talking the flyers and the flyers are playing good but they're not playing to the potential that they were during the season and when they uh, got back, they've just been, you know, okay. And everyone was talking about them being the best team in hockey. And then, you know, the, the Knights, they've turned things around being a new franchise and they're pretty good, but you see Colorado's back in the mix. You got Boston who the lightning are playing, who is always good. And it's always a tough, tough series when the, you know what the good well you know what the good news is because you know i got you trying to help me out here our guest next week connor gardner his dad and granddad played in the nhl and he even played a little hockey himself so he's gonna he's gonna school us luckily and uh and then we might learn a thing or two you know what i'm saying 
Well, that's the plan. You know, I don't want to harp too much on, on hockey tonight because we will probably get a good breakdown next week and we'll have a, a really good indication of where these series are going to be going. But before we get to around the horn and finish these headlines, we're going to do a little last call. Jim, last call. Anything we left out? Anything that you need to to bring up for headlines? Oh, Randy talked about what he waited for all day, and this is what I waited for all day. You know where I'm going, Daniel? Westbrook? Oh, no. Randy, do you know where I'm going? Shane Jackson. <laughs> no. FC Bayern, baby, out of Germany. Oh, damn. He even put that on there, too. Damn. So, yeah, they won the Championship League of Europe. They are they are the Kings and their star defensive player, the only soccer jersey I own. That's right, Jerome Botang. And so I flexed that joker while I was doing pools today. You know, nobody's even watching me, so nobody even saw it. But I was wearing it because he's a champ. He was hoisting the trophy today. Shout out to Germany and to FC Bayern. And shout out to soccer, Daniel. Okay, moving on. Randy. Um, Come on, bro. Man, you got any man, show soccer some love. Hey. I know so, zero of the names that you just announced. And never I don't heard even any know of them who except for Pools. FC Burn is. All right. Well, when hey, when Bella becomes a big time gymnast, don't invite me to it because I'm gonna hold I'm gonna hold back just because of this. Now see, right. I won't root for the Cowboys, but I will always show up to Bella's gym meets. See, that's what Miss Knight teaches you. She got a shout out. Hey, so what we did not cover in Major League Baseball, we did cover a little Angels, but what we did not cover was the record-setting sale of none other than the greatest baseball player in the league, Mike Trout. This man's rookie card sold for a record $3.9 million, bought by Vegas Dave for 400000 just a mere three years ago. So talk about a quick turnaround and getting a return on investment. Shout out to Vegas Day for recouping the well, money. Oh, need, the previous record was 3.12, the Honus Wagner card. Randy, what I need is the story of who opened that out of a out of a uh, package, bought that, sold it to somebody for like 20 bucks, and then found out about this now. Vegas Dave said he had some haters, man. His family was like, you spent $400,000 on a car Mike Trout? And now look at him, three point not $4 million. Hey, shout out Vegas Dave. For real, for real. Well, I don't have a last call because I get to write the script and I get to take it the direction that I want to. I just want to make sure that I'm fair and I get a chance to give you guys a last say. Um, but we're going to move into Around the Horn. Randy, I'm going to start with you, man. What's one thing the audience needs to know before you go? Look, man, I was uh... – searching i really wanted to give it bring it hard tonight and i didn't have to search very far you guys may or may not have heard of liberty university where hugh freeze is the coach the flames yes yeah, so mr jerry falwell senior started this organization a big and evangelical christian in 1971 his son took over many years later and his son has recently stepped down now, there was a lot of controversy on that, so really people dug in. Jerry Falwell releases his own statement as the heat's turning up on why he stepped out. He says, guys, 
my wife and I are going through something. She had an affair, and we're dealing with the emotional toll. Well, 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 well. The guy that he said had said affair comes out and says, oh, I was definitely banging his wife, but old boy was in the corner watching every time I did it. Oh. Bruh. So now they're going back and forth. Now there's – if you go on uh, Reddit or whatever, there's text strands out there. My man tried to, like, really ruin this dude's life, and dude said, all right, you want to tell part of the story? I'm about to tell all the story. So I'm just saying, Jerry Falwell Jr., Hugh Freeze might not have been your biggest mistake. You got some big problems coming up, brother. Damn. I don't, I don't, Jim, I don't, I don't even know if you could beat that, but we're going to try. Jim, what's one thing the audience needs to know before you go? Um, that I don't like going after Randy on around the horn. No. Um, so, no, you know, the police in this country take a lot of heat, and, you know, sometimes it's warranted. But, um, you know, Randy and my wife both sent me an article, and I got to read into it, dive into it today. And here locally, I live in Hernando, Mississippi, as most of you know, and the Hernando Police Department arrested 23 people in a undercover uh, child sex thing. And so, man, getting off uh, or getting people locked up that need to be locked up in uh, – and really, you know, we've been talking about all these things going on with human trafficking. And I, you know, I'm, I'm stumbling up because I'm getting choked up. At, just to think that this is right in, in my backyard and I have kids. To know that there's these people just everywhere and they're, I mean, it makes you feel like you can't really trust anybody. But sh- to, to stick with what I, the whole point of me bringing it up. Um, shout out to the Hernando Police Department and everybody else who was involved because I know that they were not the only ones, you know, FBI and everybody else for apprehending those individuals and um, and getting some nasty people off the street. Absolutely. Um, you know, for me, the one thing I think the audience needs to know before I go is something I think we're probably going to get in in depth on here for a little bit is the college football preseason rankings came out and I'm thrown back because there's some teams in these rankings that are not playing, but Clemson is ranked number one, Ohio state's ranked number two, Alabama's ranked number three, Georgia's number four, Oklahoma's number five, and the defending national champs are number six, even though they did receive one first place vote. Um, Jim, I'll ask you: Is that disrespectful, or is that is it is that right? Um, it was disrespectful only on one sense. I don't think that they should be number one. The original rankings that had came out, um, their original preseason had them at number five. Where I find disrespect is um, overrating Oklahoma as they usually do, especially after the way LSU curb stopped them. Um, in the playoff game last year. Other than that, you expect you expect Alabama and Clemson to be better, right? I mean, so I don't I don't have any issues with that. DB, I'm gonna throw this back on you a little bit. So you saw the whole top 25. What we did not see was the University of Memphis Tigers. Yeah, how you feel? How you feel about that? I I was gonna get to that. I here's what I what I feel. Um, I, they got 86 votes, which means they were the 
the next closest to being in the top 25, but Tennessee is 25. So I'll ask you first before I go further in depth with, with Memphis, but is Tennessee belong there? Yes. All right. Tell me why. Uh, I mean, you can just look at their trajectory of going up. They've improved under Jeremy Pruitt. They've recruited well. Top five recruiting class coming in. Uh, had some, had some, you know, big wins. The bowl game, none bigger. It was a come-behind victory over Indiana. I get it. People say, oh, it was Indiana. But that was a huge, huge, huge momentum win for Jamie Pruitt and the Tennessee And Bulls. Indiana wasn't bad. I don't know. Indiana had some big wins last year, and Tennessee beat them. And they look good doing it. I mean, you look at the Eric Gray, the kid out of Memphis. I mean, absolutely. I mean, top five recruiting class coming in. I think they – That's, that's exactly what I was fixing to ask you was what number of recruiting class they were. They were fourth. So – my my complaint with with Memphis is uh, I could care less who's in it, but how are you going to put Cincinnati in the top twenty five at number twenty when you beat them twice last year? Like that's yep. that is disrespectful. And then you're going to put UCF in there as well, which I mean, help me understand this, guys. Like Memphis should be in there. Am I wrong? And, well, and they will, and they will be when those teams that you said aren't playing football. Not that this helps you feel any better about the two teams at them. They will be once they remove those other teams. But I mean, don't you want those teams ranked high, Daniel? For that way, when you beat them, those are quality ranked victories. I mean, yes and no, but because you you want the respect as a team where you, you want to be ranked where you belong. But you know it's Memphis versus everybody. That's just another chip to put on the shoulder, brother. Yeah, I mean, well, we're, we're not going to play UCF, so there's that. And then Cincinnati, like, to me, this was a ranking based solely on the fact that we have a brand-new coach and, and, and not digging into the actual players that we have returning. Um, so I, I'll leave it at that. You know, I, I'm a little bitter about that. I think they were – I think LSU was disrespected. I think Memphis was disrespected. I think Tennessee is probably right where they need to be. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll, I'm going I'm to – I need to talk to the AP folks. Let's just say that. I don't think that LSU was disrespected just based on the mere fact that me and Jim have talked about it. They reached the pinnacle. They curb stomped everybody they played uh, for the most part and then lost a ton, including the best quarterback to ever play well, at LSU. And that's the main issue right there because they're actually reloaded everywhere else. And they and from the players who did return, such as like Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall, you're good. But with LSU, the, the question will always be, as it always was up until Burrow, if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter how much talent you got. So, in t until proven otherwise, LSU is always considered, you know, below those other teams because you can't beat those teams if you ain't got somebody who can deliver the ball, period. Absolutely. Well, guys, it's a good night. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. We had some great times, great insight. I want to thank our guest tonight, Case Johnson, for joining us. We're going to bring him back on after the season to – you know, see how things went and get a prediction for his second season um, at TMG. If you like hearing Average Joe's talking X's and O's, please check out our new website. Like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. 
You can listen and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We'll see everybody next week for episode 21. We're going to be talking Juco baseball and what it's like to have a former NHL star as your father with Connor Gardner. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. And as always, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.